Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Girly Homesteader podcast. Today we are talking all about chickens. Um, This is kind of just an update about what's going on in the chicken world here on our homestead. Um, Some of the things that I want to talk about today are an update on the sand that I have in my coop and the new products that I'm using to kind of keep it a little bit more clean um, and smelling better. Um, I also... I'm happy to say that we are getting new chicks and actually the day um, that this episode comes out, we will have five new little babies. So I'm going to talk about that um, and then also about how we were able to successfully break one of our broody hens. So I'm going to talk about all those things more in depth today. Hello and welcome to season two of the Girly Homesteader podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a girly homesteader living in Xenia, Ohio, with my husband, chickens, bees, and garden. This is my second year homesteading, and in 2023, I am hoping to hone some of the skills I learned in 2022, specifically in the garden and kitchen. This podcast is meant to be a bridge between nature-centered homesteading and the more girly aspects of being a woman, like non-toxic skincare, makeup, and hair care. So if you're looking for a lifestyle podcast that also talks about random aspects of homestead life, like dirty chicken feet, being attacked by bees, monthly garden goals, food preservation ideas, and sourdough that doesn't always rise, you're in the right place and you've found a girlfriend in homesteading. Okay, so first of all, I just want to talk about um, kind of the updates that are going on with our flock. So if you have listened to this podcast since like last year, um, you might remember that last summer we let one of our neighbors borrow one of our hens that went broody. This chicken, she is from our second generation of chickens. We have three as of right now, and we will be getting our fourth generation on Wednesday when this podcast episode releases. Um, But this chicken from the second generation, we just have never liked her. (laughs) Um, She is a black copper marin. And to be honest with you, she's always been a bitch ever since we got her. Um, she's very tall, very aggressive. Um, she would never let us touch her. And honestly, her eggs were really not all that spectacularly dark brown. So she was kind of a letdown, to be honest with you. Um, so when we, when she went broody last summer, she was really pissing me off. (laughs) I really didn't like her. And, um, our neighbors, they knew that she was broody. And when they asked to borrow her, I was like, sure, you can take her. And so I think they kept her for about three months or so. And when we got her back, um, she reintroduced into the flock just as she was before. So she was still kind of mean and just she would pick on everyone, especially the third generation um, of chickens. So at that time, they were very young and um, she just picked on everybody especially my cream leg bar named Kiwi. And she picked on her so, so much that this poor girl, she was missing feathers. She had feathers broken off on her back, on her tail. Um, 
yeah, she just always looked disheveled and a mess. And honestly, it was to the point where I wasn't even sure if she was laying eggs just because she was under so much stress. And so one day, my husband and I, we were just kind of hanging out with the chickens. This was maybe a month or so ago. And we thought, you know what? What if we got rid of Violet somehow? And that is the mean black copper marin. So we were thinking about what we could do. And then I thought, oh, what if the neighbors want her back? And at this time, Violet was just being mean. She was being a bitch. She was picking on everybody, just very mean, still skittish, wouldn't let us touch her. And honestly, we just do not enjoy having her around. So I reached out to our neighbor and she was interested in the idea. She was going to wait a little bit just to see how her flock was doing, um, you know, just to like double check that a new, a new member would work out. But then Violet went broody again. And so I was annoyed by her even more so. Now, the good thing, though, about her being broody is that because she wasn't leaving the nest box, she wasn't really picking on anybody. But I could already tell just from her being away from everyone because she was broody, the, you know, the morale <laughs> of the flock was definitely better. Everyone was a little bit more happy. Um, there was a little bit less stressful. And it was just nice not to have to deal with Violet because she was in a nest box. So... It got to the point, though, where Violet's broodiness rubbed off on one of my youngest chickens, and she became broody, and I was not going to have it. So I reached out to our neighbor again and said, hey, would you be willing to take Violet any sooner? And so this is how we ended up getting more chicks. <laughs> so um once we like giving Violet to our neighbors, um, we are down to 11 chickens. Um, that is still plenty, but I wanted some more. And especially with getting rid of her, my mean chicken, I thought that, well, getting new little babies, it might be a little bit easier this time around. Um, so our neighbor, she was going to try to use Violet as one of her broody hens to go along with her other broody hen that she already had. And unfortunately, when we took Violet over to her house, um, the stress of going through that environment changed. I think it broke her broodiness, but I'm not really sure. I haven't touched base with a neighbor recently. Um, but anyways, at least in terms of my flock, everyone is happy because Violet is gone. Now, even with, being, with Violet being gone, my other hen, her name is Honeydew, uh, she was still broody. And it was making me mad. Not because, you know, I was going to miss out on that extra egg from her. I mean, I really didn't care about that. It's just that she's one of our favorites and I didn't want her to starve herself and we do not have a rooster. And so honestly, if these hens are trying to hatch out eggs when there's really no chance that there will be chicks, I think it's just kind of like cruel, I guess, because the poor things are just not moving around. They're not you know, they're not eating enough, they're not drinking enough water, and they're just not getting the exercise that they need. And when it's for something futile, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I was going to try to break my broody hen honeydew before our chicks came. <sighs> we have had to deal with broodiness uh, two times before this year. Um, the first time I tried and tried and tried, and I couldn't break my hen. Now, 
this hen though she wasn't super super determined she really wouldn't stay in there a ton she also didn't really stay in there at night so she was just kind of like half broody but still i could not break her and the only way that she got reset was that fall came around and she molted and then her hormones were essentially reset and then the year after she did start to lay eggs again and then last year um violet who went broody the mean chicken uh we didn't break her because the neighbors borrowed her and she was apparently a good mom now i do not want to have a hen raise our chicks here because i just i don't know now if we had a nice hen that, um, you know, that, that liked to be touched and handled and whatever, then who knows? Maybe she would raise the chicks that same way. But I was just nervous about having a hen raise chicks, especially Violet that year, just because Violet already didn't like us. And so she would probably raise that new batch of chicks to not like us as well. So that's why we gave her to the neighbors. But apparently she was a great mom, did what she had to do at their house. And so then when she came home, she was mean again. And that's why, again, we got rid of her. So those were our two experiences with broody chickens before this year. So then this year, Violet, as I said, she went broody. And then Honeydew, the one that we do like, she is a splash Australorp. Um, she's adorable, very cute, very fluffy, so sweet and cuddly. And that's why we wanted to keep her, you know, cuddly and wonderful and adorable. So she caught the broodiness, I think thanks to Violet, because she saw Violet sitting in the next bo nest box constantly. So how did we break my broody honeydew? Well, I think the trick this year is that I caught it very, very early. I think I caught it probably within two days of her starting, and we kept her outside. So just kind of a recap of how our coop is set up. We have our coop and then we have a fenced in enclosure. What I decided to do to start was to take honeydew out of the enclosure and just stick her outside. I left food and water out there, obviously. And she just kind of walked around. She was panicking, freaking out. She was still acting broody for probably two or three days, meaning that she was, you know, sounding like a dinosaur. Her, rough, her feathers were all ruffled up and she wouldn't want us to touch her. So she acted like this for probably two to three days. And then at night, we kept her in a crate in our shed away from the flock. Now, a lot of people, they will use their dog crates and they will take out the bottom and they will raise it up. That way the floor is uncomfortable. We didn't do that. Um, we just did not put any bedding in there. Okay, so we just had the plastic bottom bare with her food and water in there. And that was it. That way it wouldn't be comfortable or cozy for her to try to nest. So we kept her in there overnight. Oh gosh, probably two or three nights. And then we would stick her outside during the daytime um, when I was home. If I did leave for an extended period of time, I would put her in the crate just to be safe. Um, but yeah, we tried to keep her outside as much as possible. That way she wouldn't be able to get into the nest boxes, but 
she would still be able to interact with the other chickens. And I think this was very important because now that she has been reintroduced fully to the flock, nobody's picking on her um, because they were able to see her through the fence. And honestly, she just kind of hung out with everybody during the day. She really didn't do anything too crazy, like any crazy attempts to try to get back in the nest boxes. And again, I think that is just because we caught her so quickly in the broody process. So um, let's see, this was all last week. I think I put her in broody jail probably on Tuesday for the first time maybe. And then by Friday, I was pretty darn sure that she had been broken because I took her out kind of mid-afternoon on Friday and she was just hanging out with everybody inside of our enclosure and she was acting normally. She didn't really have any tendency to go to the nest box. But then unfortunately that night, she tried to sleep in the nest boxes overnight. And so we happened to have family over. We were celebrating Mother's Day early. And so because I didn't really want to deal with it, I just grabbed her from the nest box and put her in the crate overnight again. That following day, we took her outside. We placed her outside of the enclosure. And that is when she really, really started acting more normal. She was kind of doing semi-squats for us. And um, she just... She was acting not so broody. She wouldn't ruffle up her feathers. She wouldn't be all, you know, kind of aggressive towards us. And she was just acting her normal self. So last night, though, well, let's see, Saturday we went out of town. So we did have to put her in the crate overnight just to be safe. Now, last night, we did have her with the flock the entire day. And she acted normal. She showed no broody tendencies. But what we did do last night just to be safe is we blocked off our nest boxes at night. And sure enough, we checked our cameras and she was up on the roost with everyone else last night. So tonight, we might block off the nest boxes again just to be doubly sure. But as of right now, I don't think that we need the broody jail anymore, which is just a dog crate, which is good because I have to get that cleaned out for our little babies. So we successfully broke a chicken from being broody. We didn't have to use any of those other crazy sort of tactics like getting them wet. That way they are, you know, that way they cool down and they try to preen to dry off to distract them. All we did was we kept her separated away from the nest boxes, and then we kept her safe, of course, at night away from the nest boxes in a place that was uncomfortable, like our broody jail. And I really think that because we caught it so quickly, that's why it worked out so well. Um, so yes, I'm very happy that my little honeydew is no longer broody. She's acting normal. She is squatting for us. And hopefully within a week or so, we will get some eggs from her again to like super duper confirm that she's no longer broody. So if you are dealing with a broody chicken, um, I don't know. I, if you don't catch it early, I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> I think that catching it early is super, super important. Because um, for those first days when I was trying to figure out if she was broody or not, I would just keep pulling her out of the nest box because I wasn't really sure if she needed to lay an egg or not. But then when she started really squawking at me, that's when I knew, oh boy, this girl is broody. And that is when I brought out the broody jail. So after the break, I'm going to talk about the new babies that we are getting on Wednesday um, and then also some updates in regards to coop cleaning and some of the products that I think are really helping with that whole sand setup. 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by all my favorite clean beauty brands like Beauty Counter, Coco Kind, Acure Beauty, Ilia, and many more. Yes, I did create this podcast as a way to share my journey through homesteading, but I also wanted it to be a place where we can still be girls. Because if you're like me, you probably like makeup, but also love chickens. You probably like skincare, but also love gardening. And you probably like feeling pretty, despite the potentially dirty world of homesteading that we live in. This is exactly why I created this show. I mean, it is called the Girly Homesteader Podcast. It's meant to be a bridge between nature-centered homesteading and the girlier aspects of your life. So if you text me the word samples to 937-821-5565, that will be a direct line of contact between you and me to help you find your perfect products. We'll text back and forth to figure out your skin type, and then I'll send you risk-free samples based on your routine and product preferences. I'll put my phone number in the show notes, but again, if you text the word samples to 937-821-5565, we'll become clean beauty buddies and get you started on your best homesteading self ever. All right, so as I said, we are getting five new little chicks on Wednesday, so that's actually the day that this podcast is coming out. Um, we are going to be getting our chicks again through Mount Healthy Hatcheries. They are just north of Cincinnati here in Ohio. It's where we've gotten all of our chicks from, and we have had very good success, very good luck with the chicks. Um, with the with all of the chickens that we've gotten in the past, we have only had one that ended up being a rooster. I'm really hoping that doesn't happen again this year, but I don't know. We will see. They do require a minimum of six chicks. So we are splitting this order with those neighbors who now have our chicken, Violet. So um, when it came to this time around ordering chickens, I didn't really care so much about egg colors. Um, I was more so going for the breeds that just looked pretty to me. <laughs> um, but I also had a couple that I wanted to replace. Um, if you remember last Thanksgiving, we unfortunately had a very traumatic day. Thanksgiving, we came home late after celebrating with our families, and we came home to do two. We came home to two dead chickens. Um, it was a raccoon that came, and unfortunately, all the raccoon was after was their food. But he did kill two of our chickens in the process. We lost one of our first chickens. Her name was Annabelle, and she was a Rhode Island Red, and so sweet. And then we also lost a speckled Sussex named Raspberry, and um, she was so young, and I really do miss the two of them a lot. And so in this chick order, we are going to be getting another speckled Sussex, and unfortunately they did not have Rhode Island Reds available, but they did have a breed that is called a Rhode Island Blue. This is apparently a cross between a Rhode Island Red and a Black Australorp. And so it makes kind of a Rhode Island Red shaped chicken with a little bit of those blue kind of iridescent tendencies of the Australorp. Um, we'll be getting one of each of those. We're also going to be getting a Barred Rock, which I'm very excited about. And then we're going to get two Olive Eggers because those are my absolute favorite. 
last time when we got chicks. We got two Americanas, which were my husband's favorite because there were no olive eggers available. And this year we're getting those two um, olive eggers because I absolutely love them. My favorite chicken, her name is Penelope. She's from our first batch of chicks and she is very sweet, very cuddly, very smart. And she lays beautiful, dark green, huge eggs. And so I'm excited to have two more of them in the flock. Um, this generation of chickens, I have decided that the theme for these girls, um, they are going to be gemstones in terms of their names. Our first generation, they were named after old ladies, <laughs> a lot of our grandmas, and then other just figures in our life. Um, our second generation, they were named after different flowers. And the third generation were named after fruits. And this year, they are going to be named after gemstones. I already have those names picked out and assigned, and these chicks aren't even born yet. <laughs> um, so I'm really hoping uh, that these chicks go well. And the only reason I say that is just because we have decided that we are not going to keep them in our house for the first week. With our past three generations of chickens, we have kept the chicks inside, like actually in the house right by the kitchen, for the first week just to keep tabs on them. Um, we have decided that this year that is not going to happen. And so we will be keeping them in our shed. So it's not necessarily a worry. It's just that I want to, I'm going to have to be extra good about going out there and hanging out there and handling them because when they are inside, you know, they do get used to you a lot more. And of course, keeping them in the shed, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't live in the shed, obviously, and so they won't be around us as much. So I just need to make sure that we do get good handling time with the chicks. That way they are still personable and very nice and sweet, like our previous generations have been. Um, this is also the first year that we are going to be using a brooder plate rather than a heat lamp. So I'll probably have some updates about that as well. Um, we have had two brooder plates and we use them during the dead of winter when it's super, super cold just to keep our coop a little bit warmer. Um, like when we had that crazy cold at winter time or at Christmas time. Um, we had two brooder plates in the coop and honestly, they just kept it to 20 degrees rather than zero. So um, I'm going to be using those this year for the chicks. And so I'm curious to see how it goes. Um, I feel safer about it just because the heat lamps really aren't that safe. But I am just a little cautious, a little nervous about keeping the chicks warm enough. Thankfully, though, it is May. So the outdoor temperatures really aren't going to be too crazy. So those are some updates in the chick world there. And then updates in the coop. So as I've told you guys, um, I transitioned our coop from pine shavings to sand in February. And at first it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. I loved not having to deal with the pine shavings and the process of cleaning the coop was a lot more enjoyable. But after a few weeks, what I did notice is that the smell of ammonia was really lingering in the coop. And I didn't like that because I know that that is not good for chickens. So I spoke about a product called Sweet PDZ, which is made of zeolite. It's a natural mineral that helps to absorb ammonia. And so I was using that in the coop and I was sprinkling it on there every time I would change it or every other time. But after a while, I noticed that it really wasn't, it still wasn't enough. It was definitely better than not having it at all, but it wasn't enough. And so the changes that I have made recently are, I added a whole bag of that zeolite to the coop. 
I did this probably about two weeks ago and I added the whole bag in there thinking that, okay, maybe if I had more zeolite in there, it would help with the ammonia smell. And I can definitely say that it does. Um, I think probably the most like ideal setup for the chicken coop would be using zeolite only instead of sand, but zeolite, you know, it's not like, it's not as cheap as sand. Let me put it that way. Um, a 10 pound bag is about $20 and you get a 50 pound bag of sand for five. So it's definitely a very big price difference. Um, but yes, ideally it would be amazing if the coop was completely full of zeolite rather than sand, but I'm thinking what I'm going to do is that every month or so I will probably buy another bag and put that entire bag in the coop. And then eventually over time, I can change the ratio of sand to zeolite because obviously when you clean the coop and you scoop the poop out, you know, some of the sand and the zeolite does stick to the poop and then go into your compost pile. So um, I'm hoping that by adding a new bag of zeolite every month or every other month, it can help to, again, change that ratio of sand to zeolite over time. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put it on auto ship on Amazon. And then whenever it arrives, I'll remember, okay, it's time to add this to the coop. So I've been using a much higher amount of zeolite. But then the other thing that I have found is called Coop Recuperate. And it's by a brand that's called Strong Animals, I think it is, or Strong Pets. Um, this is a brand that I found initially at Rural King. They have, I think you can buy this stuff at Rural King, but they have a powder that goes in the coop that is again called Coop Recuperate. But the first thing that I tried from this brand was like a water additive. And I have talked about that on the podcast, but it's really just like kind of some vitamins and minerals and electrolytes. And it's just an additive to put in their water. I started using this last summer and I definitely think it encouraged my, my chickens to drink more water during those hot months. And so I do continue to buy that. And so when I found this Coop additive from that brand, I figured, okay, I can trust it because all of their stuff is natural and it's just made with good um, essential oils that are good for the chicken's health. So this Coop additive it is a powder and it is a blend of that zeolite that is also found in the Sweet PDZ Coop Refresher. So it's zeolite plus um, essential oils like mint and eucalyptus and I think oregano. And then it is also a mix of um, lime so it can dry out the coop and then also um, diatomaceous earth, which is really good to keep bugs out of there. So what I will do, because this stuff is kind of expensive, so what I am doing is I am sprinkling it primarily just under the roost bars. So rather than sprinkling it everywhere in the coop, I am sprinkling it just under the roost bars. And I am happy to say that with this addition and also the higher level of zeolite, um, my coop really doesn't smell like at all honestly for the few for the first like two or three days it still smells like the essential oils that are in the coop recuperate so that oregano and mint and eucalyptus and it smells actually really good um so yes i'm very happy to say that i think i have found a good um, system here for cleaning the coop um, I am not cleaning it every week. I am cleaning it still probably about two or so days a week. 
um, or two or two times a week. And I honestly, I plan it out based off of when I'm washing my hair. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but not really, you know? I mean, like if you're cleaning the coop, that's a dirty job. And I know that I want to wash my hair after I clean it, even if I am wearing a hat. And so I wash my hair about twice a week. And so I am now cleaning the coop about twice a week. <laughs> so I'll clean the coop and then wash my hair that night. Um, so I will link to those products in the show notes. Um, but yeah, that is an update in the chicken world. So far this year, it's been a very good year in terms of chickens and we are already in May. So I am happy and I'm hoping that this year continues to be good. Unlike last year was with us and chickens. So, um, so yeah, we're one chicken short right now, but the flock is happier. I broke a broody hen. We're getting five new little babies soon and um, the coop is smelling good. <laughs> so again, I will put all of the links um, for the products that I talked about today in the show notes and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Girly Homesteader podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you want to share more in my journey, follow me on Instagram at the girly homesteader.